Hello, I'm Dr. Marianne Lehman, and this is To Tell the Tooth, the podcast of true and amazing tales thanks to my dental life. Let me tell you why dentists are not as scary as you think. I am telling the truth when I say I'm a happy dentist whose surprising adventures will entertain you, inform you, and hopefully will change your perception of the dentist. A lot has happened since our last podcast just a few weeks ago. Seems things are changing at a very fast rate these days. Our patients are being limited to seeing their dentists only for emergency treatment, like mine. I've been seeing three to five patients a week, way less than I would have seen in a day back in February. I really miss seeing everyone. So since you can't come to me yet, I thought I would at least take some of your questions via social media. I've been a dentist for over 30 years. I have practiced in a small Connecticut town, and this is the first time ever I will be answering questions from all over the country in this format. What I want to tell you is through all of this, and even still today, I attract and encounter the most interesting people I've been taken to the most fascinating places, and you won't even sometimes believe this has happened to me, a dentist. A few days ago, thanks to our new social media team at Noble House, we posted the opportunity for people to ask me any dental questions they wanted. And I am pretty amazed at the feedback. We got a lot of questions from everywhere in the United States, from Utah to Boston to New Jersey to right here in the 203, as I like to say, my hometown, Darien, Connecticut. So let's get right to it with our co-host, who is still keeping her social distance, Kate Rizzolo. Kate was kind enough to record the questions, and after each, I will respond. So, hey, Kate, what's the first question? What has the ADA been saying about when you'll be back up and running? Also, have they changed anything about the way patients and the dentist interact? Well, I'm sure these are questions that are on everyone's mind right about now. And it's a difficult question to answer. When will we be back up and running? Every time we think we know, uh, something gets changed or shifted. I will tell you that in our state, Connecticut, and this is being determined on a state-by-state basis, um, we have been told thus far that on May 20th, we will be able to be back up and running. However, there will be some caveats. Um, I never formally closed down my office. Some offices did. I have been seeing emergencies throughout this time. However, my two hygienists have been furloughed. Um, And when we say back up and running, we take it as meaning at a time when we'll be able to do all dental procedures, cleanings, examinations, elective procedures, and necessary emergency procedures. When we come back on May the 20th, there will be many changes that you should be aware of. And it's for your safety, our safety, and in order to get the most urgent and emergent procedures done first. Everybody's going to have to have a lot of patience and understand that maybe your tooth whitening isn't the most important thing of the day. 
Another issue we're going to be facing and how we're going to have to see fewer patients in the beginning is our lack of what is called PPE, personal protective equipment. I have, throughout this entire past two months, been trying to purchase in small quantities um, important pieces of PPE for myself and my team so that when we do practice, we will be protected and you will be protected as a patient. However, at this moment, the key thing that is um, a scarcity are masks. And when I say masks, the ADA, as our question asked, what will the ADA say? The ADA is saying that we as dentists and hygienists should be wearing one of three types of masks, either the N95, KN95, or a level three mask. Um, These are hard to come by. And if you would believe it, I actually went to a hardware store today to buy KN95 masks. They were only selling 10 at a time to people. Um, And since I was so amazed to find them there. I later sent my son there and Karen, our receptionist there. So today we were able to acquire 30 masks. But this is, aside from a donation we got from the town of Darien, which was 50, this is all we've got. Now on any given day, we used to go through one mask per patient. We won't be able to do that when we get back. So everyone have some patience with us. And the other, some other things you should know is when you come in, how we will interact with you. You will be asked questions on the phone when you make your appointment. We're going to ask you the same questions when you come in to see if anything's changed, such as have you had a temperature? Do you have a temperature? Have you had COVID? Anybody in your household had COVID? Do you feel ill? Have you felt ill? We're going to ask you to wash your hands before you sit down. Rinse with an antiseptic mouthwash. We will also take your temperature. If you feel ill or you don't feel at ease with coming in, please don't make your appointment at all. Wait until you feel comfortable. We will also be taking longer amounts of time to prepare our rooms. We will wipe everything down twice, maybe three times, and... Um, I will certainly be looking different as well as our hygienists. I will be wearing a shield. I'll be wearing a mask that I will not be taking off in between patients because I'm going to put one on and it's staying on for the whole day. I'm also going to be wearing a surgical gown and we have all decided to wear bonnets on our heads as well. And that's our only fun thing out of the whole getup. We we went to great extent to find some fashionable and fun bonnets. So at least that will maybe put a smile on your face. But behind all of that, it's still us. It is still us. So in answer to that question, in our area, in our state, we hope it will be May 20th, but it will be a slow reentry and we might look a little different to you. Thanks for that question. Are placards and pre-strum floss as good as regular floss? I have trouble with floss and use the substitutes instead. Okay, so the short answer to this, because the question was, are placards and pre-strung floss as good as regular floss? Well, the answer is no. 
However, if this is what you can use, I love it. Just get something, some kind of floss in between your teeth. Now, let me explain why I first said no. When you use regular floss, you have the ability of curving it around your tooth, like hugging it around and rubbing it back and forth and up and down and really feeling if you're getting the whole root and tooth surface clean, you have more control. However, if you can't do that, if you have like 10 thumbs or that's how you feel, then that's not going to work for you. You're going to get frustrated and you'll say, well, then I'm not going to use anything. I would much prefer someone using a flosser than using nothing at all. And to be quite honest with you, I keep flossers with me in my cosmetic bag in my purse all the time, and I use them when I'm out and about. And depending on the kind of flosser you buy, they can be really effective. The one I really like, it has the floss that's kind of broad and flat, so it's not really tight like a string, and it's very smooth. And if you, you bend it just right, you can really get in between those teeth. So using a flosser or um, a placker, as they may be called, is, is okay with me, as long as you're getting in between the teeth. Another good question. Thanks. Which gum do dentists recommend? Which quickly freshens the breath? Well, I think most dentists are going to say they recommend a sugarless gum. But if you ask me, I recommend a gum that has xylitol as its sweetener. Xylitol is spelled X-Y-L-I-T-O-L. X-Y-L-I-T-O-L. Xylitol is a sweetener that is not sugar that actually is good for your teeth. True. It's true. Studies have been done, actually not in this country, but in other countries, that have shown that when children chew a xylitol-type gum for five-minute increments a few times a day, they have fewer cavities than kids who didn't. Now, there's a lot of chemistry behind it and a lot of science behind it, but it inhibits the growth of and the flourishing of the type of bacteria that causes decay. It inhibits it. It makes it want to go away. That type of bacteria will not feed on the xylitol. So I like the idea of chewing a gum with xylitol for that reason. However, it's not good to chew it like all day long. You're going to get your muscles in a spasm. If you have any tendency towards TMJ, it will really set you off. So chew it in small increments, five minutes, then take it out and throw in the garbage. As far as freshening the breath, um, I don't know if a gum, that, that's really up to your taste about the freshening of the breath. Some of the mints are um, way more strong than the gum, like an Altoid. Wow, that will really freshen your breath in an instant. But there are some flavors of gums, all of them in the mint range, that seem to, you know, will freshen your breath quickly. So that's up to you. Choice is up to you about the flavor, but always in the mint range. Do you actually need a tongue scraper? 
Well, this is a nice question to follow the other two because I think they're all in the vein of a fresh mouth, clean mouth. Um, do you really need a tongue scraper? This is a very um, personalized question. It depends on each individual. And this is due to a few things. First, it's the anatomy of a person's tongue. Some people have much deeper grooves in their tongue, which collects plaque. Um, some people towards the back of their tongue have a taller, wider taste buds, more like a shag carpet effect in between which bacteria and plaque form. So the tongue scraper is used to clean that plaque off the tongue. Plaque on the tongue is what can cause a malodor or a halitosis. So the idea of a tongue scraper, if you have a smoother tongue, you won't need a tongue scraper. If you have a cleaner tongue, you don't need a tongue scraper. Now, for those of you who've never seen or heard of a tongue scraper, you may be horrified to think a tongue scraper, what the heck is this? Is it like a razor that you're using on your tongue? No, a tongue scraper is a wide, flat oral hygiene device. It's on the end of a handle, and some of them are serrated a little bit so that they, if they drag it along the surface of the tongue, it removes the plaque that's down in between those deep grooves or taste buds towards the back of the tongue. Um, some of them are more of a loop shape that, again, you drag or scrape across the tongue. Um, you know, the other thing you could do to clean your tongue is just brush your tongue. So after you've brushed all your teeth, spit and rinse, and then take that toothbrush and brush your tongue as well as you can. Um, of course, be gentle. Don't cause any bleeding. But give that a try. Another good question in the oral hygiene area. Thanks. What is the hardest dental procedure to perform and why? Well, this is an interesting question. Um, as a general dentist, I do a lot of different procedures. Sometimes I say to my friends who are specialists and do just something like they just do root canals and root-related procedures, or they're an oral surgeon, or they're a periodontist, I say, you know, you guys have it easy because you concentrate on one thing and you get to do that one area well. General dentists are like the quarterbacks of dentistry. We have to call the shots, we have to call the plays, and we have to do a lot of different things. So as far as what is hard, well, after 30 years of being a dentist, uh, I hope to goodness I don't find anything too hard. I once read that it takes 10,000 hours to become great at a skill. So that's about six to 10 years. And you know what? I kind of agree with that. I've been a dentist 30 years. In the first 10 years, boy, there was a lot of learning going on. Every day was a challenge and difficult. And you're like, oh my God, I'm glad I made it through this day. Um, then again, studies say that it takes only 20 hours to learn a new skill. But that's still quite a bit of time. So right now, I would have to say... A hard dental procedure for me is one where the patient is in a lot of pain and my concern is that they're comfortable because if they are not comfortable, 
I am more concerned about them wincing or flinching or telling me I'm uncomfortable than me doing my my end of the work. When a tooth is highly infected, it's really hard to get it numb. It's hard to attain that anesthesia. So in that way, I think an infected tooth and working on an infected tooth is a hard job for me. I don't like to see people being um, in pain. That's the worst part of it. Um, recently, as you guys might have heard in my last podcast, I've been gone, I have gone on mission trips or service trips where I was called upon to do procedures that I don't do on a regular basis as a general dentist where I live. So some of those procedures for me were challenging because I don't do them all the time. I don't know them like the back of my hand. But boy, when I was finished, I felt great and accomplished and happy that I was able to serve the patient. So right about now, I don't think I look at things as hard. I maybe look at them as challenging, but I feel like I've been doing it long enough that anything's possible. How do you organize your time as a dentist? Well, how I organize my time as a dentist, I basically follow one rule, and that is to concentrate on the task at hand. That's number one. I think a lot of us get disorganized when you get ahead of yourself and you are worrying or thinking about things that are going to happen in an hour from now, two hours from now, a day from now, a month from now. You have to learn how to concentrate on the matter that's right in front of you, and that has to be the most important thing. And that's how you do your best dentistry, and that's how you treat each and every patient of yours with the time and concern that they deserve. Now, before I get to work or before I am at work, I organize my time by keeping notebooks. Notebooks and my phone, my calendar are my sanity. I write things down, I make lists, and I check things off on those lists as they get done. So I have a personal notebook I keep in my bag at my desk I have a different work notebook with my day tasks of like, this is what I need to get done today. And then, but then when I go into my operatory and I am with my patient, I put all of that away. And how I'm able to put all of that away is because I have it written down and I have that list and I don't have to think about it because it's there and I will get to it after I see my patient. I think that that is important in every facet of your life, whether you're a mom with your kids and then you go to work. A lot of working moms worry about, oh, when I'm with my kids, I should be at work. And when I'm at work, I should be with my kids. You need to learn how to compartmentalize your responsibilities and your tasks and concentrate on each one individually. And that's how you will handle all your responsibilities of being a dentist, running your office, handling your staff, and your life. And believe me, I've only learned this 
by being frustrated and confused for many years. But anyway, that is my answer. So, gee, time really flies. And we're almost to the half an hour mark here. And I've only answered half of the questions that Kate has thrown my way. She still has more yet to come. So I think what we're going to do is this is just going to be round one of Ask the Dentist. And stay tuned for our next podcast with even more questions from all over the country. Until then, I am Dr. Marianne Lehman, and this is To Tell the Tooth. Thanks for listening.